This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. All right, we are in Acts chapter 3, and we are delighted that you are with us. If you're joining us for the first time, we're going through the book of Acts not just as a historic study of the early church, but we're going through the book of Acts as a practical ministry manual. That's right. There are going to be 14 sermons, and if this was a book, it would be 14 chapters of practical things that we as the church today can do to allow the Holy Spirit to do his acts of Christ-like gospel sharing and service through us like he did in the early church. We've entitled this series, The Church in Action, A Journey Through Acts. So let me, first of all, tell you that today's message is entitled, Give What You Have in Christ to People in Need. Do you know that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms? You are a spiritual billionaire, and you are to share what you have in Christ with people in need. We're going to see that in Acts chapter 3. But just before we look at that, let's recap. Acts chapter 1 answers the question, How can we widen our circles of influence for the gospel? And it gives five answers that are so applicable. We could write to others, like Dr. Luke wrote to Theophilus. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. As Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and his power will allow you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We can look for the return of Christ. The disciples looked up as Jesus ascended, and the angel said, he'll come back, just like he went up. And then we can join with others in prayer. The disciples joined together, 120 of them in the upper room, for 10 days, praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit. They prayed together constantly. We need to pray together constantly. And then be a witness of the risen Lord. Just as Matthias was picked as the 12th apostle because he was a witness of the resurrection of Christ, we are witnesses of the resurrection of Christ because he's alive in our lives. Chapter 2 answers the question, how can we declare the wonders of God? How can we declare the wonders of God? And there are practical applications there. By being united in prayer, the disciples were in the upper room praying together, unitedly. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, like tongues of fire, came upon each of their heads to embolden them 
to open their mouths and declare the wonders of God by using simple language. The disciples spoke in not only the languages of all the peoples around the world who gathered for the Feast of Pentecost, but they even spoke in the dialects of the regions from which they came. They spoke in plain language that was understandable. They kept it simple, saint. And by answering questions. Some were thinking these people were drunk. But Peter answered from Scripture what was going on. This is that which Joel had prophesied. In the last days, the Spirit will come upon men and women, young and old. And by expecting a response, the people said, what must we do to be saved? And 3,000 were added to the church that day. That was the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost. And then they assimilated the new believers in the church. They were devoted to prayer the teaching of the apostles, to the breaking of bread, and to um, fellowship. We need to be devoted to those and teach new believers to be devoted to those. Now we come to chapter 3. The question chapter 3 answers by the main emphasis of the chapter is this. How can we give what we have in Christ to people in need. How can we give what we have in Christ to people in need? The key verse is going to be where Peter says, Silver or gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. There was a time when someone was accompanying the Pope and saw how the medieval church had gold and splendor and cathedrals. And that person said, we can no longer say silver or gold have we not. And the answer to that was, and neither can we say in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Something happened to the church. It lost its ability to be a witness and a channel of Christ and His Spirit to see people come to Christ and to see people healed. We need to regain what the Lord has given us, the authority of His name. Well, how can we give what we have in Christ to people in need? Be prayerful. Be available. Get attention. Help in Jesus' name, share the gospel. Let's look at each of these in turn in Acts chapter 3. First of all, give what you have in Christ to people in need by being prayerful. If you'll notice uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Notice that Peter and John, who were Jewish, had come to Christ. The early church was primarily Jewish. They were completed Jews. They were Messianic Jews. And they still followed Jewish customs, including observing prayer times. Remember Daniel in Daniel chapter 6? His prayer life was so predictable, you could set your clock by it. They actually persecuted him by setting him up 
knowing that he would never give up his regular prayer times. They set up a big idol and said, unless you pray to this idol and this idol alone, you will be thrown in the lion's den. And sure enough, Daniel, who always threw open the windows and prayed to the east, he prayed towards Jerusalem, was caught. There was evidence that convicted him as a believer in Yahweh. He was thrown in the lion's den, but the angels shut the mouths of the lions, and God spared him as a witness to his boss, the king. While we are to be committed to prayer, prayer does not need proof. Prayer needs practice. Yes, the American Medical Association has proven that when you pray, you're calmer. When people who are sick are prayed for, they tend to get better. But prayer does not need proof. It needs practice. We need to be praying people and praying with one another. Are you getting it yet? So far in each of the sermons, Acts 1, 2, and 3, the emphasis has been on prayer. Prayer is not part of the ministry. Prayer is the ministry. You say, well, now I'm older and there's not much I can do. I feel useless. I feel like I'm not able to contribute. Guess what? Your prayers are powerful. They are effective. The prayer of a righteous person is effect, powerful and effective. So we are to pray. Second, Give what you have in Christ to people in need by getting their attention. This is found in chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Peter looks straight at this beggar who was lame since birth and had to be carried next to the beautiful gate near the temple. And Peter, by the Holy Spirit, was inspired to look straight at this beggar who is begging for money from Peter and John. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. They were both staring at this crippled person by the beautiful gate, the entrance into the temple. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. You know, God gave me something to relate this to you just yesterday. Yesterday, I was here at the church, and a homeless man who was shirtless came to the front door, and he signaled me, do you have anything to drink? He was thirsty. And I said, one moment. I went back into the kitchen got one of my water bottles, took a bag, filled it up with some good, healthy food to give to him. And I went out there, also with a track called Knowing God. Knowing God personally. And I said to him, what's your name? He said, my name's Jacob. I said, how old are you, Jacob? He said, 30. And he was skinny as skinny could be. And I said, Jacob... Do you know Jesus? And he said to me, yes, he's my best friend. Well, that was a surprise. But having 
prepared for today's message. I thought that was a unique experience that I had firsthand to uh, be able to share with you. That we are the church, and as we go, God places divine appointments in our path. But when we meet a divine appointment, we should be ready to pique their interest. The Bible says that we are to conduct ourselves with outsiders in a wise way, seasoning our speech with salt. Now, back in the day when they would have oration, that is, speeches, a person's speech who was salty was not because he was cursing and using expletives. It was because his speech was intriguing and you wanted to hear more. So to have salty speech, to speak with salt, was to cause a person to want to thirst for more. So when we talk to non-Christians, we should be prepared to egg them on to want to know more. You could say, I'm struggling with a health issue, but I have peace. And then pause. They'll say, how can you be struggling with health issues but have peace? You see how you just spoke with salt? You added something that caused them to thirst for wanting more. We need to get people's attention and share the gospel. Third, give what you have in Christ to people in need by helping them in Jesus' name. By helping them in Jesus' name. In chapter 3, verse 6, then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Peter and John were in the early church, and they were sharing their goods in common. Nobody owned anything of their own, but they gave to everybody in need, and everybody's needs were met. So when Peter and John came to the temple, they didn't have anything in their togas, in their robes, to give. But yes, they had a lot to give, and that's what they had in Christ. We have a lot to give because we're in Christ, and we should give what we have in Christ to those in need. And that's exactly what Peter did. He said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Yesterday, I called someone in our congregation who I found out was struggling with a health issue and probably struggling with some depression. These are difficult days and it's not hard to fall into the temptation of being lonely and sad and discouraged and feeling self-pity. And I called, and I said, can I pray for you? And when I prayed, because I had been studying, I said, in the name of Jesus, I pray for physical and emotional healing for this precious saint. You know, we need to claim the name of Jesus. We need to minister in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to do something in the name of Jesus? 
The name of Jesus is a name of authority. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Matthew 28, verse 18. And when you say something in the authority, by the authority of Jesus, it means something in the spiritual realm and in the physical, visible realm. In the name of Jesus, I pray for our nation. In the name of Jesus, I pray for our church. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the lost. I pray for the sick. I pray for the hurting. We need to pray in the name of Jesus because it's authoritative. It's powerful. In the name of Jesus, it's a powerful name. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. And third, the name of Jesus is to agree with Jesus. You're agreeing with the character and the will of Jesus when you pray in Jesus' name. Don't you end your prayers in Jesus' name, amen? What are you doing? You're agreeing with the character, the reputation, the will of Jesus when you pray in Jesus' name. We need to use Jesus' name, not in vain, but in ministry. Minister to those in need in Jesus' name. Why did you help me? Because Jesus in me loves you. Pass it on in Jesus' name. And this emphasis on Jesus' name is repeated in verse 16 when Peter's asked, how is it that this man is healed? And he's brought before the religious leaders who want to persecute him and throw him into jail. And Peter says, it's by faith in the name of Jesus, not by our righteousness, It's by faith in the name of Jesus that this man whom you see and know who was lame from birth was made strong and healed. It is Jesus' name and the name that comes through him, the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you all can see. Dr. Luke was a medical doctor. And when he describes this man being healed, He says in the Greek, when Peter grabbed his hand and lifted him up, a man who couldn't use his legs at all, suddenly his ankle bones were socketed in. All of his bones and ligaments came alive and connected just right for him to be able to have strength to lift up his body to walk, to leap. He was so excited, he was leaping, jumping up and down. As as Bob Glines would say, he was jumping like a jackhammer. And he was praising God. How many of you have had your arm in a cast for weeks or maybe months? And then they take the cast off and it's skinny. Your arm is skinny and it's weak. You can't really do what you used to do. That was a bona fide miracle that this man went from completely limp and lame to leaping and praising God. And this was foretold in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 and 6, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the death unstopped, then will the lame leap 
like a deer. And the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. This is just a foretaste of the messianic rule of Jesus that will happen, the millennial rule of Jesus on this earth when God makes all things new. We look forward to that. This was a sign of that upcoming thing. We're to minister in the name of Jesus because people's faith has to be focused on Jesus. Your faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. If you place your faith on thin ice, you're going to break through and fall in. If you place your faith on thick ice, you'll be able to drive your car over it. I've done that in the Midwest. It defies all logic, it seems. But your faith is only as good as the object in which it's placed. Direct people to place their faith in the name of the Lord Jesus. Next, give what you have in Christ to people in need by sharing the gospel. This is my final point. In verse 15 of chapter 3, as Peter is preaching to Jewish people in the temple, and you have to know there's thousands of people still there from the Feast of Pentecost. He is saying, you killed the author of life. As he shares the gospel, he talks about Christ dying on the cross for their sins. But God raised him from the dead. The gospel also always has to include the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's the gospel. Jesus died on the cross so your sins could be forgiven. Jesus rose from the dead to give you the gift of eternal life. That's the gospel. You've got to share cross and resurrection. But this, verse 18 says, is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. That's where the Jewish people missed it. They thought the Messiah would come and conquer their oppressors, the Roman government, and he would take over and rule. They didn't see that their Messiah was the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, and he had to suffer on the cross and pay for our iniquities. The iniquities of us all have been laid upon him for forgiveness. They didn't know that. And Peter's pointing that out. The Messiah had to first suffer and experience the cross before he would come back wearing the crown. So as we continue with this last point, give what you have in Christ to people in need by sharing the gospel, Peter expected a response. And he said, repent then and turn to God so that your sins will be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This is a word for you and me, that if we will repent, that is, if we will change our mind and call sin, sin, and holiness, holiness. If we will turn to God, change our direction, moving away from uh, sin, Satan, and the world to turning towards God, do a 180, so that your sins may be wiped out. Our sins will be forgiven and forgotten 
and completely cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And times of refreshing will come from the Lord. Do you want times of refreshing? Then repent. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Now, of course, Peter meant this in a technical way, that he was calling the whole nation of Israel to repent. If everyone in Israel had repented at that moment, that they had murdered, they had crucified their own Messiah, if they had turned to God, then he would have wiped out all of their sins and the millennial kingdom of Christ would have been restored in that moment. A time of restitution would have occurred. Times of refreshing. But God in his sovereign and divine knowledge knew that all of Israel would in turn. He knew that the gospel was meant for all peoples and would go to the Samaritans next, Acts chapter 8, and then to the Gentiles. And that's why Peter quoted in verse 22 this. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. So Israel, rejecting their Messiah, was put on a shelf while the church is being used by God to reach people for Christ. But one day, Israel shall be restored. The promises of God to Israel shall be kept. And we shall come into the millennial kingdom of Christ when Christ returns. So, how can we give what we have in Christ to people in need? Be prayerful like John and Peter went to the temple to pray. Be available, like Peter and John were available to this beggar. Get attention. Look at me. Have people be expectant, curious, wanting more. Help in Jesus' name. Use Jesus' name. Speak in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. Preach in Jesus' name. Pray for healing in Jesus' name. We have authority and power in Jesus' name. And share the gospel. Share the good news. Jesus died on the cross, and he rose from the dead, and he's coming again. I'm going to ask you to join with me in these two closing prayers. Would you bow your head with me in prayer? If you've never trusted in Christ, pray this prayer especially. Just agree with me in, your, in Jesus' name before God. God, I turn... To you right now. Wipe out all my sins by the blood of Jesus, crucified and resurrected on my behalf. Jesus, come into my life and send me times of refreshing that come directly from you. Let's all pray. Thank you, Father that we have every spiritual blessing from heaven 
to share with people in need. Open our eyes, open our hearts, and open our mouths in order for us to share Jesus with people in need. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.